What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Chaz Pearson, and this is the Outlet Forum Podcast with my esteemed co-host, Chris Camello. What's up, Chris? Seen better days, partner. Seen better days. Man, haven't we all? With the Lakers finally being eliminated from playing potential, not even playoff potential, but playing potential, should LeBron and AD shut it down for the rest of the season? And with word of Frank Vogel finally being fired possibly very soon, who should be his replacement for next season? And Chris, if LeBron retired today, would either one of his jerseys be retired in the rafters of the now crypto.com arena? And we got your NBA news and notes from the Clippers getting healthier to the Bucks being overlooked quite possibly mm. and Philly being headed down for a disappointing playoff run. Maybe talking a little bit of winning time as well. And last but not least, Magic Johnson talking a whole lot of Lakers in this run that he did on ESPN platforms from radio to TV to first take. He had a whole lot to say too. But we got to start first and foremost. The Lakers go down finally, mercifully, in Phoenix. They lose in a blowout loss without LeBron James, who was wearing a pretty snazzy Lakers shirt, I might add. Um, and some dunks. Oh, you could tell he was ready for Cancun. Yeah, one, two, three in Cancun, everybody. And the Lakers just finally took themselves out. They took themselves out back and Nino Brown themselves right in the back of the head and ended their season themselves. Losing seven straight games, only winning two of the last 11 games. And ironically enough, Russell Westbrook hasn't looked better this year. AD looked completely disinterested in having a monster game, even though he had a great game on Sunday uh, against Nikola Jokic, who just outplayed him with 38 and 18 on a prime time game to really put the Lakers in a down bad position. But with all of that coming up and the Lakers not living up to any type of potential that they had, the fact that this team was even thought of as a finals team, a championship team, an all-time great team is laughable at this point and they didn't even deserve to be able to make it to the 10 seed or even make the play-in but with all that being said Chris should LeBron shut it down and not even go for the scoring title or should AD even shut it down as well I think they both should should shut it down at this point there's nothing else to play for except for all individual type of goals so what are you playing for at this point right you didn't show up for the Phoenix game, meaning LeBron James. So you're going to play the final three games that are virtually meaningless to secure an individual title. This is where Laker fans would quickly turn on LeBron James. Those that are still on his side, this would be something I'm not sure. And, they, and everyone's been talking about this. I'm not sure if he would recover from that. So you don't play in Phoenix. You don't play against Denver. The two games that we need you to 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 perform in, but you're going to play in these three meaningless games. So you could secure a scoring title. I mean, it's obvious to me, Chaz, that LeBron's individual goals took precedent over team goals. The second half of this season, he saw the writing on the wall. He was upset that uh, the team didn't do more at the deadline. So he was like, okay, then you know what? If we're not going anywhere, I'm going to go out and get mine. I'm going to pass Carl Malone for number two on the all-time scoring list. I'm going to get my 10,000 assists, 10,000 rebounds, and I'm going to cut you know, the, um, the deficit to, to catching Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA's all-time score, and 
I'm just going to get mine. And we've never said that about LeBron James. LeBron James has always been the ultimate team guy as a playmaker, as a leader. He, you know, I talked about him two years ago and I said, I gained so much respect for LeBron James as the leader. That leader has not been there this year. And I think if you're going to break this thing down as who's to blame, his lack of leadership definitely deserves some of that. A lot of that, actually. Not getting after teammates, being terrible defensively. There's a lot there. So yeah, he should be shut down at this point. As far as AD goes, it's obvious he, he came back not 100%. We've seen him already re-aggravate that foot injury, making certain motions and certain cuts and, and, and uh, you know certain movements and whatnot. I applaud his effort. I, I, I know this has probably been the toughest season for Anthony Davis as far as the 82-game season goes. So why risk? We all know this guy is injury-prone. Why risk it at this point? Shut these guys down. Treat these last three games as an audition. For, for some of these players who may want to make this team next year or, you know, show something to uh, teams that may want to sign them, the future free agents, the guys like Augustine and Gabriel and players like that, and just packing in at this point. But yeah, those, th- those two should not be playing these final three games. First and foremost, I got to agree with you that they should not be playing, at least LeBron and AD shouldn't play these final three games because they actually have injuries. They're not hurt. They have injuries. Like LeBron, LeBron's ankle, that picture of his ankle being completely parallel to the floor in New Orleans is an image that I can't get out of my head. I've seen that post so many times. And AD obviously isn't right because he's flexing and and having those movements. But I got to push back on you a little bit with you saying that LeBron clearly went for the scoring title and, and was just trying to get his. When he scored 56 points at home against the Warriors, they need all, needed all 56 of those points to squeak out a 124-116 win on that Saturday night. On, in, at home against Washington, when he scored 50 points, they needed all of those points to squeak out a win against Washington. And shortly thereafter, they, that's when they got blown out 140 to 111 to the Suns. And, you know, they, they ended the season pretty much. They're going to end the season probably on a, eight game, 10 game losing streak, right? But potentially LeBron yeah. James was doing literally everything that he possibly could because Russ was playing like trash. AD is out. He's got Winion Gabriel, Stanley Johnson, DJ Augustine all on the floor with him. What? Who's going to do anything with him? And I, and I love kind of what AD said after the loss in Phoenix. And he's talking about, the team and the injuries and what they would have done. Take a listen here. Like I said, when we when we put this team together, we had champ- championship aspirations, and once again, injuries kind of got in the way of that. But um, I think you would love to see. I think the world would love to see. We would love to see what this team could be if we were healthy for the full 82. Um, now that repeats next year, we had the same team. Who knows? Um, like I said, we got to recap this season, what worked, what didn't work, and and go from there. You know, um, but I truly think that we could have done something special. You know, Brian and myself, you know, mainly me, were healthy for the entire season. So there's what AD said and what AD wants to say. AD said that you know there's injuries, and I really would have liked to see what we could have done. And 
you know, we had more starting lineups than, you know, games won, all of that. But what he really wanted to say is that if LeBron and AD were off the court and couldn't play, this team wouldn't win 10 games. That's really what he wanted to say, that this team, we just didn't have good players. Like, even if we were good and we and the team wasn't injured, they didn't have the players to really make the run that they really needed to, to make. You may be right with LeBron recognizing that at the All-Star break and being passive-aggressive and having clutch and kind of going at Rob Palenka and undermining him and, you know, all the, all of the talk about Frank Vogel all season. All of that is valid. But at the end of the day, I don't think that LeBron was just trying to get his. He was really trying to help this team win, and they didn't have much other than him on the floor. No disrespect to Russ, but Russ wasn't putting up the numbers that he have, that he's put up in the last five games or even I, in the last three games. So, I did not see a leader, though. I did not see LeBron I And to be quite honest with you, Chaz, I didn't see leadership from any of these three stars this year. And that includes Russell Westbrook. That includes Anthony Davis. Anthony, and I'm not even just talking about being a vocal leader. I'm talking about preparation. I'm talking about elevating your teammates. You know, Malik Monk said something interesting that it's all the rookies' faults. It seems like it, everything that went wrong at times, like even when we were practicing, they would really be yelling at me, meaning Malik Monk or Austin Reeves. So it's like, where's the accountability at? Where is the, you know, I've got to be better. AD, I've got to be healthier. Russell Westbrook, I am the new guy here. There was none of that. There was a lot of pushback. There was getting very defensive at times. There was trying to pit pawn off blame on either the teammates or the coaching staff. Hey, man, you're making 40 plus million dollars a year. You're on NBA 75th anniversary team. Take some ownership because that comes with a burden. That doesn't mean you get to hoard all the praise when things are going uh, uh, really well for you. It also means you have got to step in front of everything and say, that's on me. The buck stops here. And I didn't see that from any of these three this year. And for AD, what has really become clear, in addition to being an injury-prone player, is that he is not an alpha. He is not a leader. He is not a, a take-charge kind of guy. He's not going to be somebody who's going to galvanize. He's going to make a lot of all-star teams. He might even be in an MVP conversation if he could play 70-plus games in a season. But that is not a guy. And maybe we should have paid more attention to who he was in, Port uh, excuse me, in New Orleans because he had some good players around him, and he couldn't do anything with those guys either. So I think the stars of this team should have done more to elevate their teammates, put them in better positions to be successful, stop making excuses, and own up to their own shortcomings this year. That is what I will say about the three stars for the Lakers this year and where they really came up short. I agree. They definitely could have done better with LeBron's body language and AD's you know, leadership, but it's hard to lead when you're missing half the season, to be honest with you. It's hard to, and it's hard for Russ to lead when you're, you know, turning the ball over and having the struggles that you have, have had all season. And LeBron just being LeBron, I, I'm sure he did his best. Could he have been better? Absolutely. But yeah. I mean, the reason why Austin Reeves and Malik Monk are getting yelled at in practice is because they're doing the same shit in the fourth quarter of these games. Yeah. Turning the ball over, not being in position on rotations, getting burned. I mean, a lot of times I said it on last week's podcast, Austin Reeves, tries his damnness but just can't doesn't play a, the type of defense that you know is really austin reeves is still a rookie though chaz i know austin I reeves is I, still a rookie saying, i saw the same stuff right they're that's getting why you're having too many vet 
this is also Palenka's fault. He he got too many vets. Right. There were way too many vets on this team that outweighed the young talent that, and the young talent didn't really do much and develop. And, and the fact that THT was so stagnant this year and that Palenka and Vogel were wrong on his trajectory and how good he was and the step that he was going to take, that's going to hurt you as well. So yeah. it all factors in. No, and, and what I was going to say is going back to the vets, I've never seen a group of vets not really be able to buy in to the roles. I think, you know, go back two years ago. Do you know what made Danny Green, Quinn Cook, Dudley, JaVale McGee, Avery Bradley the first time around, in addition to Caruso and KCP? Do you know what made those guys so uh, such a good fit for the Lakers? Continuity without having injuries. They bought in. They bought in. Some of them came from a championship background as well. So they understood what winning environments were like. These guys, for whatever reason, now some of them were already flawed defensively. Some of them's, uh, some of their best, a lot of those guys, their best days were behind them. But the the lack of the buy-in factor, and Vogel even alluded to this. You know, I'm going to read you a quote to what Vogel said um, during his interview with, uh, with The Athletic and Bill Oram. And if I could find it here. Oh, yeah, here it is. The habit building. There was a lot to make up with. Guys that did not have great defensive habits. You know what I mean? So you coach it on a daily basis and, and push them to be accountable. But there was just a lot to overcome with this year's team. So that's not just about the young guys. That's about the veterans as well. Not buying in not being able to put themselves in a position to be better defensively. And yeah, Vogel de deserves some blame for that as well. But it's not like Vogel uh, changed his schemes to make it more complicated. These guys just never found a way to, to, to be successful in whatever roles that Vogel asked them uh, to be a part of on both ends of the floor. So, yeah, I mean, there, there, there was, it was just a poorly constructed roster Russ, the rush trade mortgaged their depth uh, with KCP and, and Kuzma and Montres Harrell. You lost Caruso. You decided to go with THT. THT doesn't have a good season. I mean, just everything went wrong. Like everything that the front office thought about Chaz, it, it didn't come into fruition at all. No, not at all. And ultimately, the blame goes to everybody, but primarily to Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka and LeBron and Clutch and you know, I, I know Vogel is going to likely get fired um, yeah. and be let go yeah. as the reports were from, uh, I believe it was Jake Fisher. Yeah. Bleacher, Bleacher Report. Report um, dropped the article and sources say that Vogel is going to be, you know, fired at season's end. So um, that's the reason why this team didn't make the play in. They knew that they didn't. It's going to come out that they didn't like the coach in some form that is going to come out. Um, if you're, if you're hearing that Frank Vogel is going to be ousted three games before the season even ends this, that means there's players on the team that don't like him or did not, you know, vibe with, you know, how he did things. Um, I would especially think that, you know, players like Malik Monk, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, even at some points, you know, took issue with some of the way that, uh, he did lineups and, and changes and things of that nature. But um, if Frank Vogel is gone, who should be the replacement, Chris? 
Yeah, I mean, I've been a Frank fan for the last couple of years, and I think Laker fans should applaud what he's done the last three years because it, he hasn't been dealt an easy hand since day one. Uh, when you really look at these three seasons, I hope we'll be able to understand the amount of adversity he had to go through and the amount of turnover. But if he is, if these are his last games with the Lakers, there are a lot of names that have already been linked to a potential opening in LA. One of them being Quinn Snyder, the current Utah jazz head coach. And I don't see the jazz going very far this year. They might get eliminated in the first round by Dallas. If they end up playing uh, the Mavs in the first round coached by the great Jason Kidd, doc rivers, uh, to be quite honest, I, I think if he can't get Philadelphia out of the second round, I don't, I still don't think he gets fired, but I don't think I'd want a guy who hasn't been to the conference finals in 10 years coming to this roster when he's had good talented teams before there are, there are a couple of intriguing names. I like, I like Quinn Snyder, Darvin ham, former Laker assistant under Mike Brown, current associate head coach under the great Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee. I think he would be a really good candidate, really strong candidate. He's been linked to some jobs in the past. Terry Stotts. I know everyone keeps rolling their eyes. I know Nick Hamilton doesn't think that he's a championship championship caliber head coach, but he was a championship assistant, uh, the offensive coordinator under Rick Carlisle with the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. And those 10 years he had in Portland, were some of the best years in franchise history. Even though they didn't get to a finals, who they keep running into every year? Golden State. I mean, only one of the great dynasties we've had in the last decade, right? So, you know, it's kind of tough to do that. But they've always been really good offensive, efficient. I mean, um, very efficient offensively. I meant to say they, they've always ranked in the top 10 or top 15 in offensive efficiency. So, you know, those teams are going to be able to score. Dame Lillard loved him. McCollum loved him. A lot of those guys that played well under him were really good. Um, I'm sure some other names are going to come out. Mark Jackson, we're hearing. You know, another name I like, I'm going college route, Jay Wright from Villanova. I, I really think that would be somebody I would at least interview just to see where his head is at. You know, it's outside the box. Juwan, Juwan Howard as well from Michigan. You what are your thoughts? Juwan Howard for the Laker job? I, I, would, I would consider it, yeah. If he's interested, I mean, first of all, what do you think of my list and who would you add to it or take off? You named, I mean, who, who, all right, give me, I mean, you named everybody. Who well, I said Snyder, Doc, Darvin Ham, Terry Stotts, and the two college coaches, Juwan Howard and Jay Wright. All right. You said, who would I take off? Who would you take off or who, who do you think that I didn't write? Definitely not. Terry Stotts, definitely not. Darvin Hemd. All right. Anybody that's a first time NBA coach, head coach? No. No. You need, you've already missed. You've already tried to get a coach that wasn't a championship coach and it worked out in your favor, but it's not going to work out like that again. Not twice in the LeBron James era. It's not going to happen. You need a championship level coach or somebody who, the, the number one name, the, and it's, I don't even know if it's even possible. But the number one name that they should go after, Nick Nurse. Toronto, that, huh? From Toronto. That's who I think the Lakers should go after. He would be absolutely perfect. Championship coach with that pedigree, younger personality, collaborative. I feel like him and him and Rob Palenka will go very well together. If I were Genie, I would pay the Raptors just to even interview him and I would pay him. I'd make him the highest paid coach in the league. 
Wow. That is a name I wasn't sure if it was even possible. I mean, he's done some great things with the Raptors, no question about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Doc Rivers, of course not. I do like the Quinn Snyder name. I just don't, you know, their styles. I'm talking. I'm I'm thinking styles of play, and I Quinn Snyder's Utah style and just the the, the way that they played. I, I I don't know if that would if that would work. I really like the Fizdale idea, <sighs> um, just because of the type. But I don't, you know. But at the same time. I, I don't know. I, I have my reservations. I do like the Kenny Atkinson idea as well. I've, I've been a fan of Kenny, Kenny Atkinson for a long time. I thought what he did in Brooklyn, did, I mean, you wouldn't hear about Jared Allen. You wouldn't hear about D'Angelo Russell being a top 15 guard in the league. You wouldn't hear about Karis LeVert or Spencer Dinwiddie had it not been for the cult. Well, Sean Marks found these guys, but the cultivation and the development was under Kenny Atkinson. And I think he's overly due for another head coaching job. I thought he would have been good in Chicago. Thought he would have been good in New Orleans. He, he had a good year last year with the Clippers as an assistant, and now he's in Golden State. So he's been around enough winning environments. But once again, though, Chaz, I, I agree with you. you. You want a guy who can elevate this team, but also get this team to a, um, a certain mark of being a championship caliber team, right? And can handle the L.A. spotlight. So, I mean, there's a lot of names out there, but we'll see. We'll see if the Lakers are able to put together. Here's the thing. The Lakers are going to be in the news throughout the entire playoffs and into the offseason, into the finals, into the offseason. It's going to be like it was three years ago in 2019 when the Lakers dominated offseason moves from, from missing on Ty Lue and Monty Williams to Frank Vogel taking a three-year deal and and Rob Palenka not knowing the salary cap, so to speak. Like, I, I remember all of those headlines and then going into free agency and getting the AD trade done and Kawhi, you know, leaving us at the altar. That was a that was a hell of an offseason. But I think this one's going to be the most pressure that the Lakers have faced because you're still in the LeBron James era. He's eligible for a two-year $97 million extension after the season. Nick Hamilton, somebody uh, who backs us and uh, with Nightcast Media, you know, threw out a tweet and said, why even consider extending LeBron James? Because he's LeBron James and you have him on your team and he's still healthy and he can put up scoring title type average numbers. So if you can get everything else right, he's definitely not the problem. So. Let's disagree there. Leader leadership. Well, a Magic Johnson would disagree, actually, that LeBron was a problem, especially when it came to adding a potentially more suited third piece for this Laker team. And Magic did his ESPN tour this past week. And this is what he had to say about how LeBron James was responsible for DeMar DeRozan not coming to, to the Lakers. When I think about it, the blame that he's got to take is the fact that DeRozan ended up in Chicago mm. and not with the Lakers. Um, you know, he has expand to, on that thought. If you well, will. because DeRozan LeBron? wanted to play for the Lakers. And when I got the call from his agent, I called the Lakers said, hey, he wants to come home. And DeRozan could have been a Laker instead of a bull. We could have made that deal. But when Russell and LeBron and them start talking, that's when they nixed that deal and went with Westbrook and he became a Laker instead of DeRozan. 
And I think with DeRozan, and then you got a, you had a chance to keep the role players, Caruso, KCP, all those guys who are our best defenders, mm -hmm. see, they left. And that's why we were a bad defensive team. But if you sign DeRozan, you only trade Kuzma for Buddy Hill, we would be playing in the Western Conference Championship this year with those two guys. Well, when the magic man speaks, we all listen, right, Chaz? This is arguably the greatest Laker, along with Kobe Bryant, if it's 1-1A one one uh, in the history of this franchise. And while I don't like him going on this media tour and bashing the team that he brought five championships to that he still that has a statue of him outside of crypto.com arena where he was once the president of basketball operations i don't like when he goes in on this former team because it just makes it makes them look dysfunctional but i will say this that if lebron would have scouted out demar derozan they could have found a way to make the numbers work and still give derozan a contract that would have made him happy enough and you would have had a third piece that would have bought into being a third piece and what people don't realize about demar Rosen, this is a guy who can give you assists as well this is a guy who could be a secondary playmaker so you didn't necessarily need to go the point guard route you could have had a wing player who could run the offense get his own shot maybe have a better dynamic with ad and give you 20 to 25 even with lebron and ad in the lineup I mean, he's had an MVP caliber season in Chicago. So I, I, I listen, maybe it wouldn't have worked, but I think it would have been a, been a better fit than Russell Westbrook. Am I Absolutely, wrong on that? But it wasn't realistic. And we have to talk about things that are realistic. Magic Johnson talking about trading for DeMar DeRozan in a sign-in trade would have hard capped the Lakers, meaning that they wouldn't have been able to keep THT or Caruso. They wouldn't able been able have to sign a player like Buddy Heald or or be able to extend anybody else that you wouldn't have had the money to get nine minimum guys to be able to come on the team for the veteran minimum of either 1.6 or 2.5 million you wouldn't have been able to do that so the fact that yes that I mean getting a Ferrari for the price of a Toyota is great but it's not realistic and that's pretty much the same thing here that Magic Johnson is talking about while I agree with you that he shouldn't go on, you know, I like that he speaks on the team. I do. Because while he does say certain stuff, he's never really lying. No, he isn't. It just doesn't look he good. Was, no, it, it doesn't, doesn't look, look good. No, it doesn't look good. But he asked, who's going to hold us accountable? Who's going to hold us accountable that's going to actually matter? Stephen A doesn't matter. Max doesn't matter. Keyshawn doesn't matter. Skip doesn't matter. Uncle Shay Shay don't matter. None of them matter. Yeah. Except for when somebody like a former Laker, that's why when James Worthy said what he said, or you hear Stu Jackson, I'm sorry. Yeah, Stu Jackson, sorry. Um, getting on a hot mic and saying, put us out of our misery. Did you hear that? I don't think I did. I mean, I heard, I didn't hear it live, but well, I, was, I, 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 I know people, I, I know. Well, wait, hold on. Stu, you said Stu Lance, right? Sorry, Stu, Stu Jackson. Yeah, I was going to say, Stu Jackson used to work with David Stern in the NBA's front office. Yeah, my, so, yeah. My bad. Stu, Stu Lance. Lance, yeah. You know, on a hot mic saying, oh, man, come on, man, put us out of our misery. Like, he's ready. Yeah, you because know? this will, okay, do you know why that is, Chess? Because this was the, this is going to go down as the most disappointing team in the history of the Laker franchise. And I understand there was a team that, that won 17 games uh, during Kobe Bryant's last year. I get all of that. The problem, I, the, the problem is 
Those teams didn't have championship expectations. This one did. Everyone thought the Lakers were going to win a minimum of 50 to 55 games. And what happened? They're, they're not even going to win 35 games. They're not making the playoffs. Not make the playoffs? Not make the play-in? Seriously? Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad that they didn't because now they have no excuse but to swing for the fences and make sure that they get it right, okay? Now, with that, all that being said, this was one of the worst years that I can remember as a Laker fan based on the expectations that the Lakers have had. Question for you, Chris. Has the LeBron James era lived up to the hype since he signed in 2018? And will LeBron James's jersey be retired if he were to retire today? I'll tell you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned, everybody. You know what? Here's to going for it. And being terrible. Here's to giving it a shot, even though your shot is uh, garbage. To being the queen of the court. Oh, maybe not this court. To feeling the burn, even if there shouldn't be a burn to feel. To trying your best, even though your swing is the worst. Here's to going down way harder than you get back up. To giving it your all. Even though you kind of suck. But you know what doesn't suck? Trying to do something you've never done before. That doesn't suck at all. Not even a little. Welcome back to the Outlet Forum podcast. In case you haven't already done so, please be sure to download and follow all our podcasts on all major streaming platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We are on iHeartRadio. And of course, we're also on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating. Drop a comment. Let's get that dialogue started. You could also follow us on www.nightcastmedia.com. Go to the Shows tab. Click on the outlet form. That'll take you to our Apple podcast page. So, Chaz, before the break, you asked me, should LeBron James's jersey be retired and basically what his legacy as a Laker is going to be? Yeah, that, I mean, it. yeah, it's, is that right? Been, I mean, you got to think about it. So the first year LeBron James signs in 2018-2019, it's an injury-riddled season. He tears his groin on Christmas day in golden state where the Lakers were the four seed Lonzo ball gets injured. I believe he has an ankle injury as well as a knee injury. Ironically enough, he's out for the rest of this year as well with a meniscus injury, trying to ramp up and get back for the season. Um, Unfortunately for the Chicago bulls, they're going to be without him. That's a huge blow. And Brandon Ingram actually had that uh, thumbrosis. I believe it was in his right arm. Yeah. Like his armpit. So I mean, the Lakers had a tumultuous season. I was at that game in Phoenix where LeBron James threw the ball up under the court uh, and hit the bottom of the backboard in one of the most embarrassing moments of the season. Um, So you had that year, right? No playoffs, no nothing. And then the 2019-2020 season, you win the championship in the bubble. 2020-21 season was an injury-riddled season also with AD. I mean, you had the Phoenix Suns down 2-1 in the first round as the seventh seed but you're not able to capitalize because AD goes out with, ironically enough, a groin injury. Mm-hmm. And then you have this year where the Lakers don't even make, you know, LeBron shat on the play-in tournament last year because he was the seventh seed, but 
didn't even make it this year and going to finish 11th or even worse this year. So with everything taking place in those four years that LeBron has been in the Laker uniform, while he's had many highlights and great moments and has been box office and nothing I would take away from him as being a Laker, I'm very grateful, especially for that championship that he was able to navigate the Lakers through in the year that Kobe died and having an, a global pandemic. It begs the question, should LeBron James's jersey, if he were to finish today, if he were to just retire for whatever reason, we know he's not. But as of right now, could the Lakers retire his jersey, either his 6 or 23 jersey in the rafters? Well, I remember what Jeannie once said, that if you get into the Hall of Fame, we're going to retire your jersey. We're going to honor your memory. Now, you look at a guy like Wilt Chamberlain, right? His number 13 has been t- retired by the Lakers, but he spent, I don't, I, I think Wilt may, may have spent, what, four seasons, five seasons with, with the Lakers? Wilt was five seasons. Wilt was five seasons. Now, he, just like LeBron, only led the Lakers to one championship in 72. Wilt, Wilt came in in the last, in the back nine of his career to the Lakers. So you could make the argument that, yeah, there are exceptions to being retired. I personally don't think LeBron James, even though he's going to, he's won the championship, he's going to probably pass Kareem as a member of the Lakers. Man, I don't think they're going to retire his number. I don't think he gets a statue. I think there will be a thanks, nice to know you type mentality when it comes to LeBron James. I just don't think he's ever really elevated this franchise the way those other men did, the way Baylor, West, Goodrich, Shaq, Kobe, Kareem, Magic, Worthy, all did. And of course, Will Chamberlain. Let me ask you a question. Should Paul Gasol have his jersey retired? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Two championships. I've made all-star teams when he was here. I mean, elevated this franchise and spent longer time here. When all is said and done, LeBron James is going to have more points than Pau Gasol. I understand. Just as a Laker. More all-star selections than Pau Gasol. Just as a Laker. It's impact, though, He's probably going to play more seasons than Pau Gasol as a Laker. Pau Pau played six years. LeBron's going to get to six years. Because next (laughs) year will be five. And we already know he's not retiring after next year. So, I mean... Granted, Le- LeBron has only has one championship to Pau Gasol's two, but, you know, you got Wilt Chamberlain, who's up there, only played five seasons. But Wilt was also – go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. 339 games with the Lakers. LeBron has already scored more points as a Laker than Wilt ever did, already as is, and, and, he, <laughs> and, he's, and he's still going. But Wilt also had some amazing years with the Lakers, and he was – part of arguably one of the greatest Laker teams and one of the greatest teams in NBA history, the 72 Lakers who still have an, a, a, a record 33 straight wins. If, if Elgin Baylor can get up there, if Gail Goodrich can that, get up there. Okay. Hold on. If Jamal Wilkes can get up there. Oh yeah. Sil- Silk Jersey is up there as well. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Absolutely. Look, and no disrespect to them. They should all be up there. So should LeBron James, not his six, not his six jersey. You take his 23 and you put it right next to Kobe's 24 on the right, 
Mm. Or preferably, I'd put LeBron's 23 on the other side next to Kobe's 8 and put Powell's 16 right there next to Kobe's 24. That's how it should be. No, LeBron's not going to get a statue. <sighs> if he if he wins two more championships, if he, if he wins just as many rings as a Laker, as Shaq, he's going to get a statue. But that's two, that's two championships. We all know that's not happening. He'd be lucky to get even one more. There's but something to be said. If he were to retire said. today, I would put his 23. He's one of the greatest basketball players. One of the greatest basketball players to ever live to grace the Laker uniform and win a championship and you don't retire his jersey. How disrespectful. And that's not disrespectful, actually. That's there. There has to be some. There has to be an element of impact on a fan base, impact on a city. There has to be that element there. He has. He brought us from the ruins. We hadn't won a championship in over a decade and lost our icon in the same year that we won it. What do we? I, I hear what you're saying, but those other men's jerseys in the rafters put the lakers on the map elgin elgin baylor was part of transitioning the team out of minneapolis and 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 bringing them to los angeles and was really one of the first stars in los angeles as, as far as the basketball scene goes not to mention all the things he did within the city jerry west only player on a losing team to win finals mvp the logo so, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, and I'm sure that's going to be up for consideration, and especially if he wins at least one more championship, now he makes, now he makes a stronger win. argument. But if, you, if he wins one more, you, wouldn't, you still wouldn't put it up there? But you still I, have to even think about it? I, I'm just saying I'm that Cleveland is where he had more, some, some of his most iconic moments of his career, spending 11 seasons. 11 of his 19 seasons. I would argue that LeBron James, LeBron James at his peak wasn't in a Cleveland uniform, wasn't in a Laker uniform. It was in a Miami uniform. I would say at prime LeBron. Peak. I wouldn't say peak. I would say prime. No, at his no, at his absolute physical, mental, mature peak, he had I mean, he would probably say that he maybe 2018. I mean, that 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 playoff run that he made without Kyrie to go to the finals, you know, and to beat those young Boston Celtics in seven games was, was tough, but right. I, I would, I would retire his Jersey as a Laker fan. Um, I, as of right now, and maybe because I'm, I'm prisoner of the moment, I wouldn't do it, but I hear your argument. It's a valid one. And like I said, at the beginning of this, of, of this topic, Jeannie Buss always says, we will retire players who've worn the Laker uniform and certainly have done it for an extended period of time who get into the Hall of Fame. They did it with Shaq. They, they, they've done it with other players. And I'm sure it's going to be up for consideration with LeBron James, depending on how many years and how much more he accomplishes. If he wins another championship and passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a Laker, then yeah, I, I I think he makes a really really strong argument. <laughs> you're, you're saying that, man. Even if he doesn't win another championship and passes Kareem, you have to retire his jersey. It's the all time leading scorer in the NBA. You can't even retire his jersey because and he won a championship for you. It just sounds just 
that's not the Lakers. The Lakers take care of their own, regardless of how many years you played for them. Uh, it depends on what you've done for them. If you were able to look, I, I, I just don't know if he's ever fully been embraced by this, the city and the fan base. It's not I think, I think it, it is actually, I think it is. I don't know how much the fan base is really, really behind him. Chaz, I respect LeBron James. He's a top five player all time. This is crazy. This is crazy that you're saying this. I can't even, (laughs) like, the fact that he could be the leading scorer in NBA history when he retires and has won a championship for your franchise and you would not retire his jersey. I am saying it's debatable. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't see it right now. You ask me two years from now, I might be giving you a different story. I'm, I'm telling you, April of 2022, I cannot personally, if they said, Chris, you know, it's up to you, put up his jersey or no, I would say no. I'm sorry. All right, man. Well, moving on to a few different things, a few maybe better thing oh did i strike a nerve with with you partner i just i just don't get it i just i you know man i i'm i i just don't get it but overall <laughs> we got to move on to a few more entertaining things there are there are some other things that are going on around the league right now are the bucks being overlooked and is philly going to have a disappointing playoff run i mean right now the bucks Yes, they're being overlooked because there's nobody in the East that's going to be able to beat them in seven games. They are the champions. Yeah. I'm just answering my own question right now. <laughs> anyway, and when it comes to the Philadelphia 76ers, they're only going to go as far as not as Joel Embiid takes them, James Harden takes them. This is still a perimeter-oriented game, and Embiid can't dominate. He can't bring up the ball himself. He needs somebody else. And if James Harden isn't James Harden, then – Philly's not going to be able to do much of anything. What say you, Chris? Yeah, um, first of all, I, I think the Bucs have had a tremendous season um, in a very competitive Eastern Conference, in a very competitive division, because Chicago all of a sudden came up. And, I mean, they have dominated the Bulls to the point where if they face them in the first round, it would be, I mean, that would be a quick series right there. And everyone thought, well, Chicago, if they're healthy, and now they, they may not have Lonzo Ball. They're kind of heading in the wrong direction to me. I, I think they've started to run out of gas. Uh, I, I, I just don't know. It, they, they're not playing with the same sort of swagger and confidence that we saw early in the season. But as far as the Bucks go, they are a well-oiled machine. They're, they finally got some of those key guys healthy. Brooke Lopez missed a lot of time this season. Pat Connaughton missed time. Uh, and, and they've looked really good. Wesley Matthews, who played with the Lakers last year, was with the Bucks a couple of years ago. He's been really good for them. Giannis is once again back in the MVP conversation for, what, the fourth straight year? So he, he's he been absolutely tremendous. You got Middleton. You got Drew Holiday. They know what it takes to get there. They know how to win. But I just think because of Philadelphia, because of Miami, because of all these teams that are hoarding the storylines, you the, the Bucks are so consistent. It's almost like the Spurs. It's like, yeah, they're there, but we don't want to talk about them because there's nothing controversial about them right now. We want to talk about the teams like the Sixers who've got issues with Harden, with Embiid, with, with, uh, with Doc Rivers. That's, that's what's sexy. Uh, Miami going at each other with Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler. That's what's sexy. That's what people want to talk about. 
they don't want to talk about, oh, yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, we know what they can do. So, yeah, they are being overlooked. But you know what? It's just going to give them more motivation once the playoffs start to show what they can do uh, in, a, in a high-pressure situation and how difficult they're, they're going to be to uh, to take out. I just think that the team that everybody really should be looking out for, I mean, is the Bucks, but it's got to be the Nets, man. You, I mean, I know that they're having issues, and I know Katie's injury derailed them, but that's the team with the most talent that, that can get the hottest. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they've ruled out Ben Simmons yet. I know it's not looking good, and I know he's not particularly close, but if they can even just get him on the floor – to play some defense and maybe even move the ball around, they'll be good. But I just think that in the East, it's going to be a dogfight between Philly and Miami and Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn could take out Cleveland in the playing game. Yeah. As, yeah. as good of a season as Cleveland has had this year, they're the seventh, I believe they're the seventh seed and they would face the Nets in that first playing game and they go out, they have two bad games and they've been injury riddled. Now they have two bad games and they're out. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's going to, it's going to be a bloodbath. And, and on the West side, I think it's going to be chalk. The golden state warriors are going to get Stephen Curry back. The Suns are doing their thing. Utah is crumbling, but Denver is playing as good as anybody right now, Jokic is, I think, taking over Embiid for the MVP conversation right now as well. Uh, I, we might have two back-to-back European or non-American MVPs. Right. Um, with, I mean, to see Stephen Curry, Giannis, and Jokic win back-to-back MVPs and Kobe only win one and LeBron not even win, you know, another one since his Miami days. I. I don't get the MVP discussion. I, I know I'm going off a little the, bit here. The, now, the goalpost changes for that award every year, which time. it's become, it's become a flawed voting system because they want to create as much as many different, um, what, what would you call it? Qualifications for it to where it broadens the, the scope. That's, that's what the uh, MVP conversation has been like now. But yeah, Jokic is as deserving as anybody. Embiid is certainly in that conversation. I think Denver, the reason why you got to consider Jokic is because Denver's been shorthanded with their second and third best player out, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., both out. And yet Denver is what, 16 16 games above 500? I know they're coming off of a loss the other night against San Antonio, which was half the nail in the coffin before the Lakers uh, finished up their game against Phoenix. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you certainly have to consider uh, Nikola Jokic for that. And, de- uh, you know, the West is going to be a very competitive playoffs as well because those, play- those teams that potentially are going to come out of the plan, that's going to be scary right there. Minnesota is going to be a tough out because of, what, how, uh, because of their ability to score. The Clippers are going to be a tough out because their ability to score and the fact that they actually have a legit closer in Paul George. So, uh, these teams that are going to be coming out of the seventh and eighth seed in both conferences, they're going to cause some problems. Like you imagine Miami having to go up against Brooklyn in the first round there, Chaz. Ooh, I mean, they, they, they got swept in the first round last year, the heat. So, and then you'd have to take on uh, Kyrie and, and KD. That'd be wild right there. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I'm sick. 
that the Lakers won't even be able to be mentioned in any of this. They don't deserve it, but as excited as I was for the Lakers to have playoff to be in the playoffs the last two years is as disappointed as I am that they aren't they didn't even make the play in. Yeah. With two additional spots available, they couldn't even make that. They hit a seven-game losing streak at the worst possible time. But uh, going back to, the, by the way, the Sixers, it just seems as though, like, yeah, I understand that they've won some games and stuff, but it just, I don't know what it is. There's something still not there. But if Harden can have the kind of game that he had on, on Wednesday night where he had 11 points and 14 assists, obviously more than 11 points, but if he could just be that playmaker at times, Almost, you know, you know what he has to be, Chaz? Early 2000s Kobe. Go out, cruise for three quarters, get everybody else involved, get the big fella involved, save yourself for the fourth quarter, and then just attack everybody in the fourth. When they start double teaming Embiid, when they start staying attached to guys like Harris and Maxie and Thibel and Danny Green, Moss, guys like that, Harden, to me, is one of the greatest one-on-one players in the history of the game. That's when you have to strike. And I think, and I hope Doc Rivers is emphasizing that. Don't go out there and try to get 30 through three quarters where you're spent by the fourth. We're going to need you in the fourth because we are limited in how many guys that could actually go out and create their own shot. And Embiid's going to be double teamed and triple teamed, right? So if I'm James Harden, I take a page out of Kobe Bryant, and we're talking mini fro Kobe Bryant in the early 2000s. Mini fro. Mini fro Kobe. Afro Kobe. That would basically be like, okay, 16, 17 points through three quarters. Then all of a sudden he dropped 12 or 13 in the final frame, get to the free throw line, finish, set up the big fella for easy opportunities, break down the defense and be that closer. That's what James Harden has to do. And he already has a poor reputation in the playoffs. So this is everyone's all eyes are going to be on Harden, not Embiid, not even really Doc Rivers. It's going to be on James Harden. So. I, I don't think, okay, I don't think there's going to be as many eyes on Doc Rivers. There will be, but I mean, th- there will still be eyes, but I think everyone's going to be looking at Harden like, hey, you forced your way out of two situations now in Houston and Brooklyn. Here you are in Philly with the MVP by your side, with a championship head coach on your sideline. You better, no excuses at this point. Either you don't make this, either you make this work or you're going to be on the couch again Come, come uh, May and June, uh, excuse me. Yeah. May and June again. Yeah. But I'll tell you a team that wasn't used to playing uh, or was used to playing in May and June. That was the 1980 Los Angeles Showtime Lakers brother. Winning time has just been outstanding through these first five. You've been watching it or what? Uh, No, I haven't at all. No, we, I've been, I've been (laughs) every single episode i know i said the last season last week's episode was the worst of the four um but this fifth one was i thought it was pretty good especially the way that it ended with jack mckinney fall having that accident Mm. um and i didn't realize it was like that like yeah i thought he just fell and hit his head i didn't know that his knees was all like he was all scraped up and you know hopefully i'm not spoiling it for anybody but if you haven't seen it by now then you know jokes on you but I think winning time is great right now. I think they're getting into really good stuff. It's definitely entertaining. Um, we're at the part now where the season uh, has started. Lakers have played, you know, their first game. Kareem hit the game-winning hook shot at the elbow when Magic is hugging 
Like he won the championship, um, had that famous line, young fella, we got 81 more to go. Magic saying, if you hit a shot like that 81 more times, I'm going to give you 81 more hugs. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a good show, and it's giving it's giving nostalgia vibes. What say you, man? Are you enjoying it? Oh, every episode is as good as, as the next, man. And by the way, shout out to Wood Harris, who just got introduced as Spencer Haywood. And I didn't realize Spencer, hey, you know, and that's the great thing about this show. Uh, you learn a lot of things about some of these players that you may not have known. Obviously, Chaz, you and I were not around in 1979 or 1980. I didn't realize Spencer Haywood was one of the first players to jump from high school to the NBA, creating basically a vanguard of players to come up behind him. Oh, the Moses, Mo- no, I didn't. I didn't know much about Spencer Haywood. I knew he was a championship player for the Lakers oh, in yeah, 1980. The league, the league shut him out. And yeah. He was, he was the man back in the day. I mean, they even, they even mentioned Kobe. I'm sure he probably wasn't at, at that game, but they used that game because Joe jelly being Bryant. Yeah. That was, that was an awesome tribute playing for the Clippers and they referenced him and jelly bean actually had a pretty nasty dunk on Kareem in that (laughs) game. Um, Went back and saw some highlights. So uh, it's just good. It's just giving those nostalgic vibes and exactly. uh, I'm really enjoying the show and I can't wait to see the rest of it and love the fact that it's been picked up for a second season already too. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's outstanding. The acting has been good. The casting has been fantastic. I think Spencer Garrett, who I was critical of in the chick Hearn role, seeing him do the play-by-play, the dynamic he has with Adrian Brody playing Pat Riley has been tremendous. And I really like the storyline of Kareem. And I thought we were all able to appreciate the complex individual of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, and yes, he's not coming off looking very good. The lack of leadership, not running back, not really talking to his teammates and being aloof and whatnot. But I think between the conversation he had with Spencer Haywood and Haywood talking about how he went 12 rounds with that demon in him being angry at the world, obviously for two different reasons, but him and Kareem have that sort of kindred connection. And I think magic calling him out and, and his lack of leadership, like we're all calling you cap, but you're not leading shit right now. I mean, I think that was an eye opener for him. I think he had to find some sort of balance. I think he had to find the light again, the love again. He had to find that. And that conversation he has, by the way, Nick pointed this out on Twitter. Did you know that the guy he talked to in the temple was uh, West Coast DOC? Was it? Yeah, I didn't know that. He, he had a special guest role. And okay, between, yeah, I, I thought that was him. Yeah, yeah, great role, by the way. He's, I mean, he's only in that one scene, but it's a very pivotal scene. And then Kareem, after that, comes in, new attitude, home opener. He's high-fiving magic. He's running the floor. And from there, McKinney's vision – Along with what Magic is able to orchestrate, this team really takes off. And, you know, the McKinney accident, you, like you pointed out, it's it's tragic. It's sad. I, I agree with you. I didn't see it go down like that. But now that opens the door for somebody like Paul Westhead and, more importantly, for Pat Riley. So stay tuned for that. But uh, just like you said, one episode better than the next. And, uh, of course, Paul Abdul leading the Laker girls, huh? I know <laughs> out of Van Nuys was, high, high school. It was great to have Paula in there. Somebody, and I didn't know she was the first Laker girl, you know? Yeah, so exactly. Um, it's just dope. It's just, it, it's, it's a great, great show. And I can't wait for the rest of it, but we got to move on to my favorite part of the show. The last segment of the show, the social media posts of the week, Chris, let's get right into it. What is your social media post of the week? My friend. 
I just found this one uh, a couple days ago. Oh, this is going to be a tough one to read because it's about Frank Vogel. So this is from Uncovering the Truth at Shendi456. If Frank Vogel was the coach of the dream team, they would have lost to Angola. Damn. <laughs> damn, son. I mean, damn. <laughs> That's been the year, man. That's been the type of year that we uh, that we've had as the Lakers, man. Um, harsh but true. Harsh but very true. I mean, mine comes from at Brow Bron Brody, and it's a picture of Anthony Davis. And it says, if you think the Lakers should trade Anthony Davis, and it's a picture of Anthony Davis flipping off the crowd when he was walking out of that arena that one time earlier this season when he was injured, uh, just flipping everybody off. I mean, anybody who thinks that the Lakers should trade Anthony Davis, maybe not think about it, but actually do it. I think they're crazy because he's already shown you that he could give you 30 points and 10 rebounds on a bum ankle or a bum foot like he did on Sunday afternoon against Nicole Jokic at home. Obviously, the Lakers lost that game, but AD was still great. Um, you don't trade AD until you are sure that he's not able to do what you need him to do. And you still got to be able to get his trade value back up. But I thought that that was the funniest thing I saw this week because I didn't, <laughs> I hadn't seen that picture of AD flipping off the crowd. So uh, it's just indicative of how I feel about trading AD. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, let's well, we shall see. It's going to be a very interesting offseason for for the Lakers, but at least we got the playoffs coming around. You got baseball opening day, so, some things to help Laker fans get their mind off the disappointment that has been this season. And and they're actually going to you know, it's officially baseball season, but there are some things I just want to say I want to end the show with this. The Lakers need to fire Frank Vogel, trade Russ if possible hire an experienced coach anyone but doc rivers preferably you got to flip tht to a solid wing defender like the clippers were able to do in getting uh covington sorry i'd like to see them keep ad malik monk stanley johnson even mellow and reeves on the roster and they gotta focus on win now basketball decisions because you only got lebron james left for a max Got him for one year, maybe two years at the longest three years. So you got to maximize winning now instead of business decisions like BBGo and whatever else we got going on, which I get and pays for the salaries of LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis. But I think too much focus was made on business than basketball this year. Or this past year. Good point. And, and like, how could we how could we forget the crypt? Seven hundred million dollars to change the name. Exactly. I get it. You got to do these things to keep the lights on and pay these guys. But, you know, you still got to win games at the end of the day if you still want to be the Lakers. True so that. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to another great episode of the Outlet Forum podcast. You guys know where to follow me on Instagram at Chaz P on Twitter at Chaz Pearson. Chris, where can they follow you? You can always follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Camelo. I'm also on Instagram, Camelo one Facebook, Camelo's Corner by Chris Camelo. And be sure to check out the website, www.nightcastmedia.com, N-I-T-E-C-A-S-T, media.com. Get all your sports and entertainment content there. Bam. Well, until next week, guys, the Lakers will officially be out of the playoffs, but we're still going to be able to talk a lot of NBA news, and we'll be keeping you on this ride through the NBA playoffs and into the finals. And, you know, it's all around – 
year, all year round with the Laker team, uh, their offseason is going to be one that has to be documented. It will be right here talking about it with you. So until next week, we'll see you guys on the Outlet Forum podcast. Peace.